Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to this week's episode of Sulconicast, starring your hosts, Hannah Whiteman and Lucia Holly. She's here. I am here. She's always here. I am. Um, it's great. <laughs> we're in our we office. <laughs> we live here. And where's here? Sulcana CrossFit, Sulcana Wellness, in the Seward neighborhood of Minneapolis. Perfect. Coming from you live. But not really, because you're listening to this like a little bit later. For us, it's really, really it's live. It's really live. Um, this week's episode is hydration and hypertrophy. It's going to be so sick. I think they go hand in hand. Mm, yeah, they, yeah well, they, do. <laughs> they do. Definitely. There's some fluid everywhere. They both start with H. H, that's true. <laughs> okay, I'm going to argue that they that they are more similar than you think. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about our challenges from the last episode. Oh, yes. So last week's episode was acne and aerobics, and I give you the challenge for the aerobics portion to try to tap into all three of your metabolic pathways. How'd it go? I succeeded. I tapped into all three. Tell me more. Okay. So I did the low and slow one. Okay. And by walking, I walked my dog. Okay. And that felt fine. That's the oxidative. Okay, cool. What would you call it? Um... Low and slow. Yeah, <laughs> steady, good. steady state burn. Steady state burn. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Okay. Getting that steady state burn, walking that dog. Right. Um, that was fine. That wasn't. I didn't have to like gear up mentally for that. It was just right. like kind of part of my day. It was like okay, like let's time to it's time to go for a walk. Yeah. Let's get outside. Um, wasn't. It wasn't exhausting. Didn't have to like recover or anything after that. No. Um, and then the other was kind of like the middle pathway where there's some cardio, some sort of like anaerobic as well as yep. some aerobic activity, kind of that mix. And I accomplished that by doing a Metcon. Great. Which That's the glycolytic. The glycolytic. Okay. Yep. So that happened in a workout at Sulcana. Um, and that, those to me are challenging, but I always look forward to them. Um, so that was fine. That I, I'd probably do that or try to do that about three times a week. Yeah. Maybe four times a week. Yeah. And it usually feels pretty good. Um, and then the third was kind of like the pure anaerobic activity. Phosphagen pathway. Phosphagen. Yeah. So I actually did that one last week, too, by testing my one rep max for a front squat. Heavy front squats. Yeah. And I That's got like, a, that'll make or break you as a human, oh I think, my God. <laughs> That one, I'll be honest, I think there was a little bit more in my tank. I was taking it a little bit easy last week, but I still definitely pushed myself. Got a five-pound PR, personal Ooh. record. Um, and yeah, you, you definitely, you feel all that energy yeah. that you're putting out when you're really going hard and trying yeah. to hit a new number for whatever it is, front squat, back squat, any, anything really. Um, and yeah, it was, it was challenging. Good. Oh, and the biggest thing is like, do those other two elements, the heavy front squat and those short metcons, do they contribute to the ease of that walk or run or light cardio that you do additionally? 
Oh, I'm sure. Like, do they contribute to the ease of you walking upstairs? Have you noticed anything like that over the course of you doing CrossFit? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I notice that I have leg muscles now yeah. versus years past where it's like, I'm just a noodle. Yeah, I'm just a noodle. <laughs> My body is a wet noodle. Yeah, great. So that's the whole point. Yeah. Hit those other pathways so that that one you are trying to achieve on a more regular basis is easy breeze. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. I liked that challenge. Sweet. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, my challenge, I was like, I got all these pimples. <laughs> and you were like, you're too stressed out. Mm-hmm. So I took cha- I took a challenge of fixing my stress by doing something I call Sleep Quest 2016. Nice. Team, team, team. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to sleep eight or more hours a night. Trying to... Not have caffeine after 11 a.m., no sugar after 2, which has actually led to, like, no sugar. Because it's mm. when when I eat it, it's usually after 2. Right. You don't really want it earlier in the day. Yeah. Although yeah. I've been having a little fruit. Nice. At night. Yeah. Or like Or, like, in the evening time. But not, no nothing processed. like a cookie. Yeah. Yep. If I'm going to have that during the day, I'm going to just, like, put it before so I can, like, recover my blood sugar before I go to sleep, basically. Because having blood sugar that's fluctuating, that's a big contributor to people waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah. I think that's something that people don't realize. But you really, you want to have that even blood sugar so that your body basically isn't stressing itself out in the middle of the night and waking you up because of that. Yeah, I just recently noticed how much I was eating sugar in the evening. So... Mm And some other things, like no phones in the bedroom, no um, TV 30 minutes before going to sleep. So trying to change that. It's been working great. Yeah. been sleeping like a champion. My acne is reducing, but it's like, you know, it takes like a while to go away. It does. So you've been doing this for like, what, three days? Yeah. Yeah. Well, four, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, only four days. Yeah. So I would say definitely we'll check in again, too. I'd I'd be curious to see like seven to ten days. Anyway, so let's get to this week's episode, Hydration and Hypertrophy. Cool. Two H words. Ha. <laughs> but they're both fluid related. Yeah, they there are. are ways, they are. you know. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. But let's I, start with the hydration aspect. I believe you. Okay, hydration. So. It's weird how excited you are about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I'm so thirsty right now. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, talk, we'll maybe talk about why that is. Maybe it's because you just finished a coffee, so there's some diuretic effect going okay, on. Okay, okay, okay. Possibly. Okay. So what I think is really cool, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, is that hydration can be kind of our number one nutritional deficiency in the U.S. What? Yeah. Is your mind blown? Yes. <laughs> Gather the pieces. I would have thought it was vegetables. I know. I feel like people don't really think of water as a nutrient. Right. It doesn't really fall into that category, I think, in general, kind of in our general mindset. So, yeah, kind of when, I, when I'm looking at um, our people's health and looking at what are the foundations of people's health, and that's kind of what my training is in, the number one foundation, if you're thinking of like a, if you have a pyramid in your head, number one foundation is going to be hydration. Oh, my God. Before food, before movement, before sleep, all that stuff. Hydration. Before sleep? Well, sleep is in there. They're like mixed. Yeah, they're like mixed. They're like, go to bed, drink some water. (laughs) Feel bad? Go to bed, drink some water. (laughs) Sleep, drink that water. No, don't do that. That's scary. That sounds like drowning. Don't drown, Hannah. Okay. (laughs) You know, I'm all about efficiency. Right, right. Okay, so water is the most important nutrient in the body. 
Um, we can go weeks without eating, but we can only go a few days without drinking water. We can go weeks without eating? Yeah, depending on how much fat store we have on our body. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I could go minutes without eating. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm always eating. I'm eating right now oh, as I talk. Oh, my God. Like I said, I'm all about efficiency. Yeah, so water, our body is kind of mostly made out of water. Kind right. of like generally it's like 55, 60%. Water. Oh, they always say 75%, three-quarters of my body has been water. That's a lie. That's a, you know, that's that would be the high end. Okay. But around, you know, around there, around 60%. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think some roles of water in our body are? What does water do in our body? Helps that blood move. Mm-hmm. Keeps that skin fresh, uh, other <laughs> organs too. Yep. Replenishes your cells. Yep. Helps you move more oxygen through your system yeah um makes you feel more energized totally helps you convert sugars into atp (laughs) (laughs) doesn't it sure (laughs) probably does yeah it helps remove waste kind of flushes toxins out oh yeah um it can loop going yeah it gets that stuff going helps with our digestion keeps that kind of gastrointestinal motility going so we don't get constipated which contributes to many ill feelings water is doing a lot so we want to make sure that we're getting in enough water but also on the flip side because there's a flip side to everything Mm -hmm. we also want to make sure that we're not getting in too much water Overhydration is definitely a thing it's real it can happen how how often though does that happen does it happen to people who are just like i gotta chug some water quick no and they drink like a gallon well, okay. <laughs> if you're chugging one gallon of water within 10 minutes, then yeah, I would say that would be some overhydration okay. right there. I'm pretty sure, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, shout out, shout out, hashtag goop. <laughs> she was like, I wake up every morning and have, like, a gallon of distilled water before I even eat. Ouch. So she probably doesn't eat till 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, she also, like, steam cleans her vagina, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so water. I have a calculation that I like people to kind of try out if they haven't been noticing how much water they take in okay. throughout the day. So my general calculation for people is to take their body weight yep. in pounds, right? Got Divide it. that number in half. Okay. And then that number in ounces is the amount of water that you want to be trying roughly to get Okay. has a general goal throughout the day. work. <laughs> Do you feel like your number is kind of off uh, than what you would think? Like the water that you're getting in? It depends. If I'm thinking about it, like if I'm thinking about weight loss or like weight management, then I drink a ton of water. If I'm not thinking about that, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're, when we're more physically active, when we're sweating more, um, when we're stressed out, if we're sick, if anyone's pregnant, if you have an illness, if you're vomiting or have diarrhea, those are all instances when you'd want to be drinking more water because you're outputting more water. Right. You're sweating. If you are if you are the person who's vomiting or has diarrhea, I'm sorry, but you're also outputting, again, yeah. more, more liquid because of that. What about... Uh, LaCroix. What about every the <laughs> Every, modern hipsters? Everyone asks. Number one drink of choice yes. is LaCroix or sparkling water in general. Yeah. Everyone has been asking that. Like, oh man, I drink LaCroix. Am I going to die? No. Well, no. <laughs> but can you count it as like yeah. your hydration? Okay. Good. For it's sure. Got those bubbles in there. You don't know what those bubbles have inside. Yeah. I mean, you do. Yeah. 
in in my in my opinion, those bubbles, those are carbon dioxide. That's just gonna. Um, it's not gonna do anything detrimental in your it's just system. Just gonna make you burp. You're just you're gonna burp. It's gonna kind of yeah. dissolve once it's inside of you. Not too big of a deal. No, you're breathing it in all the time. There's a bigger deal when you're drinking other carbonated beverages like um, pops yeah. or Coke, Sprite. Sugar in there yeah. too. Sprite, Mountain Dew. They have that sugar, and it also can have phosphoric acid. Right. And when you're drinking that and you're taking that in, that can lead to kind of wearing down the enamel on your teeth, especially when that's coupled with taking in the sugar. Okay. And there's kind of more acids just in general in those types of drinks. But in my opinion, when you're looking at just drinking a carbonated water, and that's it, that's fine. Okay. Count that as water. That's not dehydrating you. That's not Good. That's not Good. really doing bad things. What about and, that booch? Oh, the kombucha? Yeah, because I drink a lot of kombucha, yeah. especially in the morning. It's the first thing. Yeah. Along with my coffee, yep. I drink a glass of kombucha because mm-hmm. we make it at home all the time. Yep. That's made with water. It is. But it's got tea in it. We use caffeine-free tea. I don't know. Oh, nice. What you think? Yeah, I would also count that as mostly hydrating. Okay. So again, my opinion is that it's less caffeinated. I don't really see people getting jittery when they drink a bunch of kombucha no. if they were to drink that more, same amount with more black like tea. More drunk. <laughs> more drunk, <laughs> which is maybe due to the sugar fermentation what process. What are you talking about? <laughs> Feel great. So, not so dehydrating. Again, if that if you were just drinking the kombucha, which is a f- so kombucha is fermented tea that's been sweetened for anyone who doesn't know, and if you were to drink kombucha before it were fermented and you're drinking a sweetened black tea, I would consider that more dehydrating. Okay. Because of the caffeine content, caffeine is a diuretic, so that means it's going to flush water out of your system more quickly than if you were just drinking the same amount of yeah. Well, it's just basically water. sweet tea. It's sweet tea. Yeah. Right. So like. Real bad. That's how you get them beaties. That's sugars. And yeah, and the, sug- <laughs> the sugar is dehydrating as well. So right. once that's fermented, in the case of kombucha, sugar content has been lowered. Caffeine content appears, seems to be lowered as well. So not as much a diuretic. Coffee, on the other hand, that cup of coffee in the morning, that is because of its caffeine content, which is why we're drinking it, yep. and it's tasty, that is going to be more dehydrating because of that increased caffeine content. Got it. So... If people are drinking more than two cups of coffee a day, then that's when I think that they need to be adding some more ounces of water onto that kind of calculation from before. Now, define cups, because I have a really <laughs> big cup at home. Uh-huh. One, it's called a French press. Yeah. <laughs> Around 10 ounces. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's me. I'm at least drinking two cups in the morning. Okay. We'll see how it goes, Sleep Quest 2016. I like the Sleep Quest. Okay, good. That's I think great. it's going to be really so good. Far. Yeah. So... Water, hydration, dehydration, overhydration, all factors to consider. I want people to know that you don't necessarily have to have clear pee to show that you're hydrated. That would be like really good hydration. I think that might be overhydration. Oh, there, oh that, that's what it looks like when I go through a water cut. Yes. It's like I'm constantly peeing and it's like crystal clear. Yes. And for anyone, again, who doesn't know, a water cut is a very specific tool that some people use before, and kind of in Hannah's case, before um, an Olympic or powerlifting competition in order to kind of mod- modify and regulate their body composition. Yeah. So. Don't try it at home unless you've <laughs> talked to somebody about it. Right. 
Like um, somebody who knows what, what it is. <laughs> right. It's basically pretty drastically manipulating your water intake um, over the course of about seven days. So different, different subject, but definitely related. And like you saw, when you were drinking during that period, when you were drinking a lot of water, your pee was just basically water. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Not and I so had to much. pee every hour. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, really disruptive to yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, that's not um, in my opinion, proper hydration. Proper right. hydration is that you can, you're drinking enough water, you're not feeling sluggish, you're not getting headaches, but you're also not having to pee every hour or every two hours. You can pee when you need to. It's not disrupting your life. Got it. So, if someone's told you kind of that conventional wisdom, drink more water, drink until your pee is clear, and you find that you're having to chug water throughout the day to have that happen, my argument is maybe that's a little bit of overhydration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, not gotcha. that, it's not that super intense, like, oh, my God, this overhydration is going to kill you, which there's that, there can be that end of the kind of bell curve of hydration, but it might be on that higher end of like, okay, maybe this isn't really getting into yourself. Maybe it's right. just really flushing through you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you feel like that's you right now, then Hannah, I'm going to tell you what this challenge is. Your challenge for the week. And this could be a challenge for a lot of people because it's pretty easy. So if you feel like you fall into that camp of drinking, you're trying to be really good, right? A lot of us try to be really good. And we try to follow these, this wisdom of drink water until your pee is clear. Eat all the veggies until you can't eat any more. And then you'll be good. And then what happens? Oh, my God. I don't know. You're trying to be good. Then you're holy (laughs) and moral and pure. And people will like you. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, if you feel like you fall into that camp, what I want you to do is in your first glass of water that you drink in the morning, I want you to put a pinch of sea salt into that. Okay. I want you to stir that up, let it dissolve. You don't need to measure it out, just a pinch. Try drinking that first. And notice, after a couple of days, when you do that, and it's just that first cup, it's not every cup. You're not going to have salt water every day, all day, day in, day out. Notice, after a few days if you feel more fully hydrated. Okay. Notice if that water stops flushing through you so quickly. All right. Sometimes if the water is a little bit more saline, we have a little bit more kind of that electrolyte balance, getting in a little bit of sodium, maybe a tiny bit of potassium because it's sea salt, that can help pull water into your body and your system. I'll give it a shot. Sounds All right. disgusting. Can't wait. <laughs> I swear it won't be that gross. Okay, good. <laughs> you can tell me if you think it is. Don't use table salt. That's a processed food. Use sea salt. Got it. The thick stuff. Thick, <laughs> thick chunky, fine, coarsely ground. It's up to you. Okay, cool. I like mine thick and chunky. <laughs> Pink, black, Pink. gray. Oh, and pink. I got pink at home. Like the Himalayan. Got it for my wedding. Ooh. It was a wedding gift. Oh, fancy. And I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, why not? Just last week for my birthday, I got a big hunk of Himalayan sea salt. Um, and it's to grate. Wow. <laughs> I need a grater to grate it over my food with. Grate some of that into your glass of water. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, so hydration. Hydration. What about... Uh, Hypertrophy. Ooh. Okay. Uh, we're going to move into the hypertrophy portion of the program. When I say hypertrophy, Lucia, what do you think of? I think of doing a lot of things really quickly. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Hyper means more. Yeah. 
or faster or hyper yeah or okay. hyper just like a lot it means a lot um well trophy means like I, an award yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, it means a lot of awards like you get like tons of awards so where's my award yeah okay well that's not <laughs> like quite what it is oh hannah <laughs> And also, it's not quite what you said originally either, although I can see exactly where you got that idea from. Teach me. Uh, okay, essentially, hypertrophy is, is the process of breaking down and building new muscle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But there's, like, different ways of thinking about it because hypertrophy itself is a process that is relatively complicated, mm-hmm. although still understandable. But also because there's like then there's hypertrophy training, which is styles of training that mm. are built on the idea of hypertrophy. Basically, what they're like saying is in hypertrophy training, there's it's basically building muscle training. How do you how do you induce hypertrophy? Isn't that what we do all the time? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it <laughs> is. But the and that's what your coaches are thinking about when they're building a program okay. is how to induce hypertrophy mm. in the body. There's basically two. Uh, two ways that you can induce muscle growth hypertrophy. One is the myofibrillar. Oh my god! These yeah, terms. basically your muscle fiber is yeah. increasing in the short term. Mm-hmm. Like the cells in your muscle are adapting and growing. Okay. Um, and then there's also the sarcoplasmic version, mm. which is the volume of fluid inside your muscles is increasing, mm. or you're getting more of like a quote-unquote pump getting your pump on mm-hmm. usually they happen at the same time so they're or they're they're inner intermixed so you can't really like get one without the other is that why peeps and bros and other peeps will take photos of their big muscles after a workout yeah because there's fluid oh. yeah and that's like also what what like creatine does is increases the fluid in your muscle mm. which is why sometimes when people take it you can you know gain weight or lose weight if you've taken it and then you stop taking it, you can lose a little bit of weight because mm-hmm. of fluid loss, basically. Okay. Okay. So creatine increases the, the like pump in your muscle. But because those two things are connected, increasing fluid in your muscle is going to increase the, your muscle's ability to recover from breakdown. So it's going to increase your ability to create uh, new cells and grow cells in, in your muscle. Wow. And increase the muscle fiber, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's not – some people are like, oh, well, I'm going to try to get – one, but you can't really get one without the other. Gotcha. They go hand in hand. Yeah. But essentially when you're thinking about like hypertrophy, you're thinking bigger, more pumped muscles. Gotcha. And that's what you're going for. Summertime pump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, there's the ways that you actually gain hypertrophy, the ways that you actually build muscle mm-hmm. versus just like constantly stimulating the muscles that you do have, the way you grow new muscle. Mm-hmm. Is through three different ways: metabolic stress, muscular damage, and then and muscle tension. Okay. So muscle tension is like actually controlling your body when you're moving. Mm-hmm. So like a swimmer would be somebody who's under muscle tension. Yoga, same mm-hmm. thing, because you're purposely controlling the way your body moves, and you're not just like collapsing into, um, just like a seated position. Right. Right. You're not just letting your your muscles rest and relax your muscles are holding you moving you yeah yeah so muscle tension is going to contribute to muscle growth okay and hypertrophy Mm -hmm. but that's only one factor so if you're doing yoga it's great but you may need to do yoga in a slightly different way in order to actually 
induce hypertrophy, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. Mm. So, and same with, with swimming. You might have to do something in a different way in order to actually have muscle tension that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, metabolic stress. So, the idea that you're essentially causing your muscle some sort of stress, like inducing some lactic acid into your body by doing like multiple reps or um, by doing it for a longer time or a shorter time at heavier weight. Mm. So causing some actual metabolic stress on your body and then muscular damage, which is like breaking down the muscle fibers so that they can rebuild. And how, how frequently do you feel like that breakdown happens? Like, is that just by... Well, usually what they say is, like, if you work out, you have, like, 48 hours to recover from muscle breakdown to rebuild, which is why uh, you don't want to do the exact same stimulus two days in a row. You want your stimulus to look different. kind of want to keep your muscles guessy. Surprised, yeah. yeah. Well, because, one, you want to keep them surprised so that you can have different levels of hypertrophy in different Mm. parts of your body, but also um, because it's not helping you. If you do bicep curls on Monday, doing them on Tuesday is not actually going to increase your ability to grow muscle. It's just going to delay your ability to recover. Gotcha. So, uh, and, and sometimes there's, there's value in that too. If you're purposely delaying your ability to recover and breaking down your muscle further, there might be some benefit to that. It's definitely something people experiment with. Mm-hmm. But it, I wouldn't say it's a good way to consistently train. It would not be a good program to consistently train with. It sounds pretty fatiguing. Yeah, it's definitely fatiguing. I mean, it's purposely fatiguing. Yeah. So, you know, if you want that, then you've got a longer recovery period. Mm-hmm. Um, you might do the same stimulus two days in a row and then recover for five days or something like that. Right. As a method. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, the point is that if you think about, like, how you – if you think about li- weightlifting in the gym, for example, um, you can kind of connect those three – types of movement together and types of muscle stress together to create hypertrophy. So like you start with your muscle tension. So let's say you're doing your one rep max front squat and you get under the bar and you purposely create muscle tension on the way down and on the way up. You can maintain muscle tension. You don't break it at the bottom Mm -hmm. and collapse. Mm -hmm. You would not get up. That would be scary. Yeah. So you maintain muscle tension throughout in the eccentric and concentric part of the movement. As a result of that, you're damaging the fibers in your muscles and putting them under metabolic stress, which then helps you build muscle in the long term. It sounds so easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the idea behind it is relatively easy. Yeah. But then the hard part is that that's something that would be very easy for a newbie to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're coming to the gym and you've never used, you never really use muscle tension in a certain way, and you've never used a certain weight, Putting that weight on your body under tension and moving through full range of motion uh, is going to increase your ability to grow muscle very quickly. I mm-hmm. mean, you're going to grow muscle quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to increase your ability to lift very quickly. Right. Versus somebody who's been lifting weights for a long time, they're not going to have that same response. Their body is not going to break down muscle fiber in the same way. Their muscle tension might not be new to them. Mm-hmm. They've kind of, they've adapted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They might not have any metabolic stress response or any, like, quote-unquote, pump right. as a result. Right. Um, and so they may not see much muscle growth. Mm. There are, like, three styles of inducing hypertrophy. Mm. So, and they kind of match those metabolic pathways, as you can imagine. Okay. If you think about it, like, 
you, if you, you could sort of mix and match in the same way. So if you're doing something like a one rep max front squat, that's going to be muscle tension under heavy load mm -hmm. for very few reps. Right. Then there's that midpoint where you're doing a medium amount of reps. So maybe you're doing like four sets of six at a 70% load. And then there's lightweight high rep loads, which you might see like in a CrossFit workout. Or, or even if you do a strength building workout, it's like three by 10 at 55%. So all three of those are different methods that people use to build muscle. Bodybuilders might use that high rep, lower weight more often. Powerlifters are gonna use that um, low reps at a heavy weight more often. And then you might see like Oli lifters or CrossFitters using medium weight, medium reps. Mm like threes and fives. So maybe like different types of strength will specialize in each one, but if you're trying to be a well-rounded athlete and you're trying to hit true hypertrophy it, on a regular basis, you have to do all three. Mm. So for basic programming, if you're programming for yourself, you can program a day of the week where you hit each type of muscle stress. Sure. Love Easy that. peasy, guys. Yeah. Just add on what we talked about last week. <laughs> Uh, all three metabolic pathways and add on these three types of hypertrophy and you're good to go. <laughs> you, got, you got your own gym at that point. Yeah, you might as well just uh, take some notes. And then hashtag sleep quest, throw that in there. And you're good to go. You are so good to go. Yeah. I mean, ideally, if you're going to a gym, your coach has already thought about this yeah. stuff. <laughs> so you don't have to worry too much about uh, too much about it. But if you're, if you're finding that you're having a hard time building muscle all of a sudden or you've hit sort of a plateau, then, you know, knocking on the door of one of these other pathways might really help you break out of that. And I, I think that's a nice reminder, too, for people who are maybe going to a gym, but they're not going in for a specific type of class. They're just going there and maybe playing around with the weights or they have had a personal trainer in the past, but now they're just a member in a gym. Yeah. And it can get, I think, pretty easy to just go in there and do what you've always done because you know what that what that feels like and right. I think it can yeah be nice to shake things up yeah especially if you don't know why you're having trouble moving forward mm -hmm. if you don't know what it is that's okay do a little bit a bit of experimentation see if uh you know if you've been doing a lot of heavy lifting at, at, at less reps maybe try doing like a four by ten of something and just see what it feels like or doing just like a body weight exercise for lots and lots of reps like Karen which is wall balls, medicine ball, throw it at a wall, do a squat, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> 150 reps. That is going to be like a huge metabolic stress, yeah. even though it's at very low weight. Right. Because you're doing so many reps. It's so, yeah, it's so repetitious. Yeah. And you're using those same few muscles again and again and again yeah. and again. And on that note, something to, th to think about when you're, when you're thinking about the way you build muscle. I feel like people get really addicted to the burn yeah. or the pump or yeah. whatever. But like I mentioned before, that's just the one, that's the, that's your body responding to the, to the metabolic stress. So like that's your fluid increasing rapidly. You mm -hmm. feel the burn, lactic acid pumping in your system. That's great, but it's only one aspect of muscle building. So you don't always need to feel that way in order to actually grow muscle. Like you probably didn't feel a burn after your one rep max front squat. Right. I just, I just felt 
not fatigue. Even, yeah, fatigue. Yeah. Just like, whoa, that was a lot of work. Yeah. And probably like really excited. And yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> but you didn't feel like that same burning sensation in your muscles. Right. So, you know, that burning sensation is an indicator that you are growing muscle. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only one and it's not it's uh it's not the only piece to focus on. Sure. So if every time people I'm those same those same people who go to like open gym did their own programming or whatever they might be looking for trying to hit all of these types of hypertrophy in one day they're trying Ooh. to like do their their uh high stress low rep one rep max whatever and then they're following that up with like a major pump sesh and then they're trying to burn it all out in a workout and that's that's okay for one day but it's going to be hard to maintain more than one day a week mm-hmm um, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense why they'd be coming into the gym trying to do that, just trying to be efficient with their time, right. too. And yes. that's the thing is it's your, your body's your body. Yeah. And it, it I think a lot of times, especially in the CrossFit world, I think it draws a lot of kind of type A people who want to just like nail, yes. you know, pound things do out. Do it all and in one day. Do it all in one day and then have the energy and, you know, schedule it out so they can do it all again the next day. Yeah, and it's just not as effective as you think. I mean, the top CrossFitters in the world are not doing that. Right. They have very strategic programming. I mean, Rich Froning always claims that he just, like, does whatever he wants, and that's great, and it works really <laughs> well for him. That's helpful. But for the most part, the top CrossFit athletes are have very strategic programming built around, um, you know, creating stimulus in certain ways on certain days and that is what your coaches are doing when they build their programming as well so mm-hmm. um, living too far outside of that can be fun for a little while but can also make you feel exhausted or yeah. uh, make you know can lead to injury right because your muscles aren't prepared to, to maintain tension right which we know is real important yeah yeah soup's important yeah so if you're stuck in a plateau uh, try to shoot for another one of those uh, types of load so maybe increase your reps or decrease your reps and increase your load or find that medium point try that out for a little while um, or if you're hitting a plateau you might need to rest dun 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 yeah you might actually need to recover <laughs> in order to have muscle fiber regrowth and after it's damaged yeah and I want to throw out there too that r- like a rest day doesn't mean you are like you have to sit on your couch and watch TV. Oh, how horrible that sounds. It sounds really nice to me. But yeah. <laughs> it can mean like gardening yeah, or walking mean, your dog exactly. or like hitting that oxidative pathway, allowing some oxygen to flow through your muscles, doing something that makes you feel really nice. Yeah. Or stretching, doing yeah. mobility or like going to a, a certain type of yoga class or whatever. You know, I. I just wanted to throw out there that there are a lot of options for those rest for days. For sure. For people who feel like, I can't just sit around. You don't have to just sit around. No. no but you can. And you that would can. be fine, too. <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe for the people who really don't want to sit around, maybe you should sit around. But there are no shoulds. Yeah. Just food for thought. So basic ideas behind hypertrophy, really, it's just about building muscle and how it's done. Uh, people who, like, study this, you know, they take a long time to look at all of the aspects of hypertrophic muscle building and then try to build programs around it Mm. and there are some great programs built on those ideas there's also some great um articles online about like generally how to use the the ideas of hypertrophy to sort of like build your own program um but there's a lot of ways to interpret it Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways people have experimented with it there's no 
necessarily right or wrong way, even though it's based on the same science. Sure. Yeah? Does yeah. that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, lots of self-experimentation. It depends on the athlete. It depends on the number of days you have available to you. It depends on the hours that you can spend in the gym. Well, maybe we can link to some of those articles, too, in the show notes for sure. people to look over. Sure. Cool. Um, so Wait, so I, here's the connection. Yeah. <laughs> Hypertrophy uh-huh. is about how much fluid is in your muscle. Totally. And what's that fluid going to be? Water! Ew! Hydration! And let me tie that into what I, um, you know, I might have talked about this before, but something that I've noticed I'll, again, we're always thinking about CrossFit and that community. That community often kind of goes towards paleo. And paleo often is kind of a low-carb type of a way of eating. It doesn't necessarily have to be low-carb, but when people first find it and they're looking up recipes and they're just reading about it, it is lower carbohydrate, and it can easily be no carbohydrate. Right. So what I'm seeing is when people are kind of coming from a low-carb paleo background and they're like oh I want to gain muscle I want to get stronger but I want to stay at my same body weight and we start to play around with their food intake oftentimes we increase carbohydrate and when we increase carbohydrate we're going to increase the hydration of our muscles so people are going to gain some weight you know in a few pounds maybe like two to seven pounds two to six pounds yes and I think that scares a lot of people yeah sure does but hey you're just kind of rehydrating those muscles grow. You're just rehydrating your muscles a little bit. Your your muscles are able to hold on to that water. Yes. And as you can imagine, it'd be hard to gain muscle if you're not drinking water. <laughs> Please drink water. <laughs> so it all connects. Is what I'm saying. I you're love the that. pony, and I've led you to the water. And are you drinking it? I am drinking it with a little pinch of sea salt. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So um, my challenge for you this week, really, the challenge would be to take notice. Of your training. Okay. And to take notice if there are days that you feel the, quote-unquote, the pump or the burn and what that was coordinated with. And if there are days when you walk away feeling like your body is not feeling the pump or the burn and what that's coordinated with and if, and what that feels like instead. Okay. Just to take note. Yeah. Just kind of be aware. I yeah. can totally do that. Hannah, I have one question, though. And what? it's been in my head the whole time. Um what what is your definition of hypotrophy? Hypotrophy? Yeah. Is there is that something? If we have hyper, is hypo? Is that just like resting? Is it just like sitting around? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> let's, let's ask Mr. Google. It's been in my head for like an hour. Hypertrophy is the idea of building muscle, of stimulating cells for mm. growth. Mm-hmm. So hypotrophy is breakdown of muscle tissue. So, like, or organ tissue in general. Dang. Yeah. So hypotrophy <laughs> would be really bad. Yeah. I mean, hypotrophy, you, you, I guess you would think about that as, like, if you were breaking down muscle tissue. But that would be something, like, could happen with, like, rhabdomyolysis or something like that, where it's, like, really sure. rapid muscle breakdown. You don't want that. You know, that's bad. It's right. real bad. It's yes. not It's not, not, not atrophy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Atrophy would be the opposite <laughs> of hypertrophy in terms of, like, uh, in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. In the in our world. Um, okay. hypotrophy would be the actual opposite of hypertrophy, but it's real bad. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Real scary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gosh, definitions, you guys. Thanks, Google. <laughs> this episode has been sponsored by no one. But Google was there for us all the time. Oh Google. Uh great. 
that's the end of our episode today hydration and hypertrophy check in with us next time to hear about some macros and midlines Ooh. big shout out to Taj Ruler for being our producer thanks Taj you're the best see you guys next week bye bye Sulcana Cast is produced by Taj Ruler subscribe on iTunes or visit sulcanacast.libsyn.com that's L-I-B sym.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.